Hello, hello. Welcome back and thanks for tuning in to our Clubhouse podcast, where we have candid and open conversations about mental health and anything related to it. Our Clubhouse is located in Richmond, British Columbia, where we support people living and recovering from mental illness. You'll be hearing from both members and staff where our thoughts and opinions are our own. I'm Andy, and today you'll be hearing from Caitlin, Stuart, and Aaron. So our topic today is working with a mental illness. So working while you have one. So we've got a few questions we'll get started on. All right, Caitlin, do you want to tell us a little bit about your first job? Sure. Um, well, my first job, I wouldn't really consider the first job, but it was technically work and I did get paid for it, but it's more like training and getting ready for actual work and work experience because it lasted about six months and back in 2012. It was a... A film, a film production slash work training, getting ready for the work's life. Um, it was back when I was in 2021, and I was with, like, I don't know, five other people, youth, young adult, learning about film, but at the same time, we learned about employability skills, and, like, if we want to really either we were out of work for a long time or we do the, apply for this we treat it as a real job because I applied for it I had a job interview but at the same time we also learn about working together as a team and like because that was my taking my first job I didn't work until I was 21 and then my actual real job I got through Pathways Clubhouse it was a gardening job it was a temp job um gardening like wanting plants on some lot that was cut short because the lot got sold. But at the time, I learned like how to keep a job and stuff because I find the temp temporary job program at the Pathways Clubhouse is really great because I went through a lot of programs. But like the kaleidoscope, kaleidoscope that's what it's called. Um, that one I really like because at the time I thought I wanted to go to school to study film, but at the same time I thought it'd be great to learn about how to keep a job and how to get a job. It was a lot of work, really stressed out before I got diagnosed with any mental illness. So I was didn't know what was going on with me at the time, but I just thought I just wasn't used to getting, having a real job. So I just thought, oh, I'm just stressed out because it's my first real job. But I bet it was a bit of that, but a lot of other things was going on in my head. Yeah, my first job, I was on probation as a youth in foster care, and I was part of an employment program for young people that have issues. So it was about a 10-week um, program where you did contract work. And my first job was the theater in Richmond. It was a challenging experience because I was going through like depression and drinking a lot and kind of masking my problems with alcohol. But it was a wild experience, and it was my first job I ever worked for a short period of time. So what did you do while you were there? What I was your job? I was the lobby cleaning person. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to run in circles nonstop cleaning the floors and the the stand. I forget what you call them, the little, like, dispensers of, like, concession, uh, concession stand. Mm -hmm. And I'd have to do theater checks. It was a fun time, but I wasn't in the right mind. That is understandable. Yeah. Usually, if you're not feeling so well, any kind of job won't really be helpful for you. That's true. Hey, my first job, I packed airplane food. So any meal that you might have, an, have on an airplane, I may have packed that. If you've ever had breakfast and you get the omelet that's kind of in like a 
not a triangle, but like half circle. Like that, a little croissant shape. Yes, <laughs> that comes in a plastic container that you pop out. And That's everyone, amazing. A lot of airlines get that omelet, so. Did you, did you know what airline you were packing for? Yeah, we had a list of different airlines. So basically you get a form of the airline and the food and the picture of what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> so everything had to follow what they called the golden standard. So okay. you have to weigh everything. It had to look exactly like the picture. One tray called for like eight tater tots and you couldn't, Specifically? You couldn't fit wow. eight tater tots. So some people were putting five and then we got in trouble because oh. that didn't follow the golden standard. Um, sounds fun, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. How old were you when you started? Like that, that was in high school. So I think I was 15 or 16. Yeah. Yeah, what about you guys? When was, how old were you when you had your first job? 21. 21? I did mention it. Oh, yeah. Back in 2012. Right. I was 16. 16. Right. Okay. Yeah. How did you say? Around 15 or 16. 16. Oh, that's good. Just for a few months. It was, I didn't find it on my own. It was more a family friend who worked at this place and I heard they were desperate for people and so I basically got the job I had no training I was kind of just thrown in to it and yeah it was no, not fun yeah, it was not a good experience sounds super great sounds quite stressful it was stressful it was lonely I didn't know what I was doing half the time not very good so, training management no and they were they were so desperate and understaffed I think there was no no one who was willing to train me either. They were just busy doing their own stuff too. Yeah. So unfortunately, the environment just wasn't too. Wasn't ideal. No. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's okay. Well, I grew from it. Yeah, and now you're here. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I, I think my first job was when I was like fifteen or sixteen. It was actually my family's frozen yogurt store oh, that cool. we had. So it was, yeah, family family run, and uh, I kind of became the assistant manager at 15 at 15 16 kind of thing well I mean I wasn't doing it like like it was just a family run thing so we really didn't really do anything officially like my mom was the like the owner manager my dad just kind of did the finances and my brother worked at the front as well as a cashier like and he was it was if I was like 16 he would have been like 13 wild question for you okay to throw into the mix love it what was your favorite flavor at the business very good question Great question so um i really liked it had a really good pistachio flavor oh, that i used to love um coconut was delicious because it was like nice and creamy um we had we had white chocolate at some point that was a fan favorite for a bit but we didn't have it for too long but I'd say pistachio was probably one of my absolute favorites. If I was if I was gonna give a more boring answer though, I really did love the chocolate vanilla swirl. Oh, that sounds yummy. Because you could oh. just do like you could literally pair it with anything. Yeah. And I mean the best part was the toppings. It was a really tough job actually, because uh well, customer service jobs usually are. Uh well aren't always really nice. Um they are quite rude, demanding. Um, this is obviously like, you know the worst of the worst kind of thing i mean we got some fantastic people we actually ended up having this really lovely person who would bring her granddaughter in all the time 
and we we were open for about three four years and we actually got to see her granddaughter grow up oh that's cool she was the cutest thing and she and it was really cool too because she was like really really young when she started coming with her with her uh grandmother and we got to see her like get more confident and more comfortable with us and everything it was like wow like a weird version of parenting from really far away <laughs> at 15 and at 16. 15 and 16 but um yeah it was we I would do like so I was cashier I would train people um I'd go get like groceries I would restock I would wash the machines which we had five machines and each machine would take an hour to clean oh my gosh so we would do we would we wouldn't do them all in one day we'd do one a day but sometimes we'd get backed up and had to do two so we would be there for a very long time um, at night and we would close quite late too because we, we were like, let's just try and get as many people as we can in one day. So we would close until like 10 in the summer, it would be 11. So then we'd be like, oh, it was crazy. It was, it was a lot of work. And then of course, customer service aspects and cleaning. And I got some horror stories for cleaning as well. Unfortunately, um, people would use our bathroom as a public bathroom and um, not so great with that. It's very terrifying dealing with that sometimes. Right? It is. It is. So anyway, that was my first job, <laughs> my first official job. But um, so, Caitlin, do you want to share a little bit about how it felt um, maybe after you were diagnosed and like during, and being in the workforce? Well, I became a member of Pathways. And what year would that have been? It's almost eight years ago. So let's eight years ago. <laughs> I was about 23, 24 years old at the time. And I got that. I think a year or two later, I think it was a year later, I became a member of Pathways that I got the gunning job. Even though it was cut very short, I did learn a lot from it. And um, um, and then I did a lot of out attempt jobs through Pathways. But, like, getting diagnosed did help a lot because I knew, like, okay, I'm not just imagine how I feel and what I'm feeling. It's legit. And I remember what you were feeling? Like, before after I got diagnosed. Before. <laughs> Uh, just always stressed, very shy, and then I and then I had periods of being depressed, and just I just thought I was very emotional, very sensitive, very shy person because I had I still kind of do have a tough time making friends, but or keeping friends. My issue is keeping, not making new friends. I can make yeah. I can say hi to people. I used to have severe social anxiety, so yeah, at the time before I got diagnosed, I thought I'm just a very shy person, very emotional, very sensitive. And things just get to me a lot more than the average person. But and then after you were diagnosed, um, and right when I got diagnosed, I got therapy, like group therapy and stuff. So that helped me as I was trying to figure out. Oh, I got diagnosed. Oh, I'm doing group therapy. Oh, I'm not alone. Um, what I'm feeling is legit, and I kind of learned how to cope or like learn to work with my mental illness at work and like life. So how did you find that you were coping? How did you manage it? Uh, I just know that take a lot of breaks. So just Take it slow sometimes, but breaks and take it just breathing. Because I get really stuck in my head a lot and get very overwhelmed with stuff. Um, I usually only get depressed till like after I'm like the day's over or just been through. Well, if I isolate myself for too long, I eventually get depressed as well. But like if I'm going through a lot of stressful stuff at work or in the day or with life, I get um, yeah depressed and sad at the end. But like. I just learned to like, I don't know, take the things slow in the day. And then if I feel emotional and tired, then they just take a break and just relax, make sure my evenings are relaxed, relaxing and not stressful. Self-care. Yeah, a lot of yeah. napping is my, I think, really long naps. But mm -hmm. like, I'm trying to like, I still take, I just 
I used to take long naps and I still kind of do, but I've tried to not nap too long now, but like, but I find naps really help me just like, I don't know, recharge a little bit and like even just not napping, just relaxing and doing nothing or just doom scrolling on my phone. <laughs> Somehow, or just watching stupid TikTok videos and watching videos on YouTube that make me feel good just somehow makes you forget about what's stressing me out or what shouldn't be stressing me out like minor things that like sometimes I just think too much about it I'm like ah, uh, it's like why am I thinking too much about it it's just a small little thing so I love to just breathe nap relax yeah. and that's it that's the end of the day but that works just breaks and just breathing it has been a journey <laughs> I think um Working with a mental illness when you're 15 and you're doing drugs and drinking and you're in foster care, you don't always like I knew I had an illness and I got diagnosed with major depressive disorder because of self-harm and just the way I was thinking at the time and the depression. Yeah, it was quite hard for me, actually. I think up until the last about four or five years ago, I finally made it to holding my job for basically a year straight which was a big improvement for me. But I find the challenge for me is usually like people will be really friendly to me. But once they find out I have to go to the team or go to you forensics or they see scars up on my down my arm, I find it kind of gets into a position where I'm getting bullied. And I don't think at the time I was in the right mental state to recognize that, okay, like you don't go party for two hours, drink a bunch, then go to work two hours later. So I don't think I was in the right state of mind to properly progress at work. But in hindsight, it taught me years later how to seek help in a better way and to kind of recognize that, okay, I wasn't doing all right then. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's been a difficult time, but I've learned from the experience and gained some knowledge on how to cope better with certain situations. That's great. I mean, you were only 15 at the time, so it's only fair that you were figuring it out yourself. You have been in the workforce for a while now too, right? That's true. A little over 10 years, right? About eight to 10. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're learning. You are learning and that's fantastic. I'm glad that it's it's come to the point where you're feeling more comfortable, though. Thank you. Yeah. So you were mentioning, um, Caitlin, that usually when you're at work, you can you will take like breaks, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You feel certain symptoms coming on. Is there, um, like, do you remember, like, like is that usually what happens? You'll feel something coming on, like you'll feel like like almost like an anxiety attack coming on, and like you'll take care of it. Uh, I haven't had a panic attack in a long time, but usually at work, I just like stop what I'm doing because I find myself about to cry and get overwhelmed I just drink some water I'll just take two seconds luckily I work at a place where there's cats everywhere so <laughs> I do the pet a cat and that seems and as I'm drinking, therapy is real and I drink some water and I can go back because I find that I, I I guess I put way too much pressure on myself and I'm I'm the biggest critic critic of my own self because I'm thinking like I'm not cleaning enough or well or like I should be doing more. I'm not doing more, and I get stuck in my head. And then I start like, oh shoot, I don't have enough time to do everything I need to do. And then, okay, wait, wait, just drink some water and breathe. Had a cat, sit down for a little bit. And, but even though we only get paid like one 50 minute break and then 30 minute lunch break, I just make sure that 
I just taking a minute or two to just drink some water and breathe is not gonna get me in trouble. But um, you kind of put it into perspective. Yeah, because I tell myself like two minutes not gonna get me a talking to, no. or three minutes or something. I just and I also find that I sometimes I go to the washroom to just just somewhere quiet and no one's gonna bother and bother me in the washroom because that'd be weird. Um, <laughs> hey, I need to ask you a question, Caitlin. No, no. Um, but uh, yeah, this gets I get away from everything. <laughs> but yeah, just cats. I work at a cat sanctuary, which is like a cat shelter but for undoubtable cats. And all I do is clean after them. But like cleaning can be exhausting and. Just having cats around makes me, I don't know, relax and and just even if I wasn't at a, a place where I'm working at, I would just tell myself, okay, take a breathe, drink some water, maybe just sit down for a little bit and go back to what I was doing. Two minutes won't be bad because I get stuck in my head it's like I can't, I can't stop, I can't stop. Oh, else I'm gonna get talking to? No, I won't. It was just two minutes, <laughs> and then going back to what I'm doing. But sometimes I do get distracted by my phone or whatever. But I tell myself, get up, get moving, because I have ADHD, which doesn't help with getting distracted, but like, which is another thing I got to worry about. But like for my mental health, I just try to just breathe, relax myself. It's okay. Take two minutes and then go back to work. And I seem to be fine. And I always make sure I take a lunch break because some some of my coworkers do skip lunch. I can't because one, I'm hungry, and second, I need that thirty minutes to just just relax and then get back to work. And then I'm like way better than I was before lunch. I'm just like, oh, I'm I can do this. This is really easy. I'm not stressed out. That's great. I'm glad that you know how to manage, and mm -hmm. which is really important because a lot of people may not know yet, may have not figured it out, and that affects their work as well, right? Yeah, and sometimes, their lives in general. But. Sometimes I tell myself, oh, that that's. I think breathing and taking a break won't help anything. I'm still going to be stressed out. Maybe sometimes it doesn't completely take away all my anxiety and stress, but it, it's It'll something. Help it yeah. helps a bit. It's a good start. Yeah. Absolutely. But you, Stuart, whenever you felt like any symptoms maybe coming on, like what do you, how do you normally manage it at work? Uh, you need to. In the past, I would go smoke a Cuban cigar outside for That's about so half fancy. an hour. <laughs> That's very, very and then, fancy. Which isn't necessarily the healthy thing to do when you're going through like a mental health crisis. So I've kind of learned the proper way for me to deal with it is like if I need to go talk to my manager and be like, I've caught up on the dish pit. Can I please go get some fresh air and maybe drink a cup of tea outside? I find what really helps me is kind of being more open with myself and trying to remember I can't control what other people do. Absolutely. So if I'm having a stressful day at work, instead of what I used to do of go get off work, go to the bar or drink, now my goal is go home, make my bed if it's a bit messy, shower, make some food, watch a podcast, maybe work out a bit, then go to bed and get some rest. That's really impressive. But I find that it's kind of allowed me to deal with situations more. Like I know here sometimes I've learned to kind of take a break. Like today I sat down for a bit because I wasn't feeling too well. So I decided to just drink my tea and relax. So I find that's been helping a lot. Great. You're like more in touch with like your feelings and like the way your body feels yeah that's really really important that's really uh, impressive good for you thank <laughs> you i'm very proud <laughs> um i just maybe think i just realized when i get home after a stressful day i make sure i have like 
tea sometimes or do a street to have a nap because I'm after a stressful day I'm emotionally and physically drained and after it just helps me to like just relax and uh yeah but uh yeah that's tea yeah, teas I, I love tea <laughs> I feel that I feel that Excuse may me. I uh quickly interject what type of tea do you prefer <laughs> to drink afterwards uh black tea like orange pico oh right I drink a special rooibos lime uh, tea from Naikadu that's like a green rooibos bush. You're or, a fancy man. or I'll get the regular rooibos or like coconut oolong or chai or wow, you are like. fancy. Wow, well, good for you. That's yeah, really enjoy nice. your tea. Thank you. Um, I guess I just want to ask if anyone's taken a mental health day from where very good, very good question. I haven't, but I have my my current job is really great where I feel like if I have to talk to my uh, my managers, um, they would understand. But I haven't yet. And there's times when I think I should because I get stressed out. But I always make sure if I'm, I have a busy weekend and I know like a month in advance, I make sure they take the Monday off because then I get back to my sleep schedule, my mental state. Because I go to sometimes conventions and I know that the Monday after that convention, I'm going to be so, like, overwhelmed, drained, emotionally. Sports, maybe. Yeah, so, that, you know, I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I just, like, you know what? I need to book it off months in advance. I know what's going to happen. Um, So it gives me a day to just fix my sleep, fix my mental state. Um, But I haven't actually said to my managers, hey, I need to actually take the mental health day. I feel like it's getting too much. But luckily, I know my managers are so approachable and so easy to talk to about anything. So it wouldn't have a concern, basically, to ask. No, 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 really. I haven't yet, but I know they'd be okay with it because they always tell us, like, if you feel overwhelmed, let us know. If you're feeling overworked, let us know. That's good. We like managers that care. (laughs) Yes. I used to have a professor in school, and this person talked about taking a mental health day as just a personal day. She's like, you don't need to call it anything, whether you're physically sick or mentally feeling not the greatest. She's like, a personal day off is just for you, no matter what you need to do. And she encouraged everyone to take a personal day when they want to take a personal day. And that was very helpful for me. I take a lot of personal (laughs) days. Sometimes I take a mental health day when I just know I can't be bubbly and helpful and nice <laughs> to people so even though I could technically do my job I don't think I do a very good job in in talking with people and so when I don't have the energy to do that then that's when I know I'm like I shouldn't go to work today I should just take a mental health day to stay home sleep a little more recharge recharge yeah emotionally and physically yes yeah and yeah. it doesn't need to be lying in bed necessarily like sometimes I just like paint because to me that is recharging yeah so it's like I feel like I can be a better employee when I come back feeling energized and ready to go totally feeling not well like mentally it doesn't yeah like like Aaron said you don't have to just be lying down the entire time sometimes what you need is be productive Mm -hmm. in different ways Mm -hmm. because productive productivity can look different different people Mm -hmm. usually for me my mental state usually is reflected in how messy my place is me too right and the more messy it is though it then stresses me out so much and usually when I actually end up taking a mental health that usually that's the first thing I do is I try to clean up a little bit organize a little bit like I can't 
leave it like that it stresses me out even more mm -hmm. and I'm not well so whenever my house is not feeling so great I feel like here at work I'm not doing so great either it is not helping it's interesting you say that because I find when I'm doing worse that's when my house is more messy and when I'm doing like better and feeling more well I find my house is like spotless you're more organized because your brain is a little bit more like organized in a weird that's way. true you know what I mean so, but yeah, I, I've also had to take the mental health days. Um, I've had definitely times where things have just been very overwhelming all at once. And it's like one thing after another. And it's like, okay, I've had enough. <laughs> I need a, I need a second to step away. So I, like, I'll, I've taken like a, there was like a really stressful couple of weeks in January for me. And I just like, I, I, I said, I need, I need a Friday off. So I took it off and oh my goodness I came back the next weekend or the next week so much better it really is really important to like Stuart was saying to understand your body and understand what you're feeling in the situation and be in tune with the emotions oh. and be like okay you know what I need this I need a break I need a day off I need to sit with myself I need to clean whatever whatever you feel is going to make you feel better you know yourself best mm -hmm. especially when you actually are able to stick with yourself would you say like for example when I clean my favorite thing to do is like start with the like kitchen is there like a specific spot you really enjoy cleaning and what's the place you hate cleaning the most or do not enjoy the most I should say well I usually am in the kitchen either baking or cooking or everything like that so usually making the kitchen clean first is a priority for me because it's used Every day, all day, multiple times a day. So usually I do that and I don't mind it. I do hate taking out recycling. Don't ask me why I don't. I think it's because you have to like sort everything in apartments. Yeah, I also don't enjoy doing that. No, and I also don't really like doing the floors. So I just get asked. That's <laughs> funny. mind. He'll listen to a podcast or even like a YouTube video. He'll like listen to like Bill DeFranco. Okay. And he'll just absentmindedly just like go and like use the Swiffer around and he'll just like, he'll just chill. He'll be happy. I love my vacuum. We have a Miley vacuum from Germany. My mom got it half off years ago, which love saved that. us hundreds of dollars. This vacuum is a genius. It could go on hardwood <laughs> floors. It could go on linoleum, furniture, your car. It's got like different settings. So there's nothing funner for me when I'm stressed out than to turn down the TV and plug in the vacuum and just vacuum the floor. Should be, you should make an advertisement for it. Yeah. Stuart's Miley Vacuums, where we clean your home. I love that. I feel like to your original question, it got me thinking of like the thing you, you start with first. For me, it's my laundry, because when I'm not doing my best, I have clothes everywhere. I literally, like, I just take off my socks, leave them by the door. I have my jacket on a chair. <laughs> have like, I don't know. Do you have the chair? I have more than a chair. I have, like, I have a pile <laughs> beside my chair and a pile beside my laundry. When it's at its worst. When it's at its Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So... When I'm kind of like, okay, I need to get a hold of everything, I start with laundry because I feel like it's just, it's all over my apartment. And I know it drives my partner nuts, but he doesn't say anything. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he understands, I'm sure. He understands, oh. yeah. But it's also like my responsibility to get it sorted. Oh. So I have taken a mental health day just to do chores. Yeah. Because I'm like, Okay, if I don't do it, then it's more on my plate. And if I go to work, then I won't have time or energy. You feel like frazzled as well yeah. at work because you're thinking yeah. about all the things that you have to do at home. Yeah. So you're not actually fully here. Yeah. Which is yeah, not not great. I get that. 
I think I do laundry first. Or the dishes. I feel like the dishes get piled up. I always alternate. Dishes get piled up. Laundry gets piled up. But I do also have a laundry chair and it gets kind of bad sometimes. Um, I hate cleaning and organizing. But I even though I hate the mess, I know I have to do recycling, all this stuff. I'm like, oh, it's too much. That's part of my ADHD. Where I'm like, I see everything we've done. I'm like, oh, so much. Sometimes I just push everything to last minute. And my partner, Chris, he just hates... He doesn't like the bag push everything to last minute. But mm-hmm. my brain looks weird. Like I hate mess, but at the same time, I don't know where to start. And I'm like, yeah. Do you get like that whole like paralysis, like ADHD paralysis thing where you're just like, I don't know where to start, so I'm just gonna stay here yeah. and not do it. And he, Christy says lazy. Sometimes he says, I'm like, you just be lazy. I'm like, no, my brain looks stupid. I hate my brain. It's like I see everything you've done. I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> well, I just do one thing, laundry. That's because I need clean clothes. So laundry, that's it. Yeah, I feel like when it comes to that and you're feeling overwhelmed, usually it's best to like make tiny little steps. Mm-hmm. So even with laundry, you're like, okay, well, let's just sort the laundry first. Mm-hmm. Then, okay, then we'll we'll do one load and we'll we'll figure that yeah. out. We'll let that do its thing, kind of thing. But like, if you're like, I have to do like seven loads of laundry. This is gonna take me forever. You're not oh, gonna no. feel as happy about. Doing I don't it. do that. Um, but I, I'm luckily I four days off in a row, so I'd be like, okay, I do a couple loads today. Tomorrow I do another load. Should be fine. But because I used to I used to thought in my mind, I'm gonna do all the laundry in one day, and then and then I used to stress myself out. And Chris always said, "What are you doing? You don't have to do all one day." I can tell you, it's stressing out. Just do a couple today. A one. You can. It's like, funny when you get like that, like that one person who's reasonable, that like voice of reason that's like, "Well, you don't have to do it this way if you don't want to." You can do it in a different order, or you don't have yeah. to do it all at once. Because then sometimes my brain, I have to do this first. I gotta do this. I gotta do this and this. Like you got to do it all. Like and this, because I write down things now, and I think I have to put everything. I put in order on a little notepad. I just ripped down. Quick. I have to do that order. I'm learning like no. What I written down in order that doesn't have to be that order. I can do like laundry and then dishes, or dishes and then laundry. Sweet, maybe back, maybe back and first. And then the laundry. It's all up to you. Yeah, it's hard to reason with your brain sometimes, yeah. but we'll, we're, we're working on it. Yeah. All right, well, I think we're getting to the end of this, so I have one yes. last question for everyone. So what advice would you have for anyone that has a diagnosis of mental illness who maybe wants to get into the workforce? What advice would you have for that person? Stuart? I have to jump on this. Yeah. So I, I've kind of learned through the prior years, it's okay to have an illness. If you want to get into work, don't rush into full time. If you feel you may have symptoms, speak with your employer and know that if it's too hard, it's okay to leave. But I really recommend touching base with your boss and being open. You don't have to divulge everything about your life. Just take some time to communicate and give it a try. You know, don't force yourself into work that may be too hard. Go at what you're able to do and realize that just because you have an illness doesn't mean you can't work. You can do it. You can achieve things and life isn't over. So keep on moving forward. Very fantastic advice. I really like that, Stuart. Thank you. I think I really want to touch on the fact that you said, like, go at your own pace. I think a lot of people will usually think that if, if you work, it's full time, you know, yeah. nine to five, five days a week. That's yeah. not necessarily that works. And if you want to start in the workforce, quote yes. unquote, but maybe don't feel that comfortable yet, volunteering is a good way to start as well. That's a good first step. So like how we were yeah. talking about breaking it down, like breaking down chores, if that's too yes. overwhelming. Okay, we'll start smaller. We'll start at your level. That's fine. 
volunteering once a week, great. If you're feeling up to it, you can up it to a couple times a week. Then maybe you can do part-time work and maybe you can go to full-time if you ever feel comfortable. But it's important to know, like, you know, to, to again, be in touch with like yourself and understand what am I comfortable with? If you push yourself too much, you may feel discouraged because you can't get measure up to that level yet. And that's okay. I like what you said, because like, for example, say like somebody's interested in working in a restaurant, maybe don't jump into being a cook right away, start off at host, trying to give it a try, find something that's within your capabilities, don't overdo it and accept yourself for who you are and focus on your strengths rather than your weaknesses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great advice. Thank you. I was going to say like, Find a program of like a few weeks or maybe more to like either it's related to something you're interest interested in or it's just something to help you get like learn about like what you want to do as a job to get you started in the work or just go to someone like um like a work service center that's work with like a caseworker to help you figure out what job you want to apply for or what you're interested in it's also just look at go to workshops for employment workshops to help you figure out what you want to do or how it's the work industry work <laughs> um yeah it'll give you like yeah. advice about it more information about how things work absolutely or just stop volunteering because my current job i volunteered for about three years and then a job opportunity they were hiring at the same place i was volunteering at and i applied and i got it but they knew who I was, which is great because if you put it in door, they know you've been volunteering at this uh, location and they have a sense how you how you work and stuff and you know that you're a good worker and you apply, you most likely get hired. Um, if it's almost better work. than an interview. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have to do an interview, but there you go. I had to do a resume, of course, because they want to have me in the system. So yeah, there's a lot of services and resources you can go to and get help with. Absolutely. Yeah, this clubhouse is really good too. <laughs> you get with that little segue, Erin, as someone that actually works in our career and housing unit. Any advice? Yeah, I, it's funny that you talk about interviews because I know that interviews can be and usually are pretty stressful. I tell people to actually see that as just a conversation to see if the like you should go in seeing if they're accepting, if they're adaptable as well, how they're going to support, um, just kind of like the type of person that they are. And if you don't get the job, in my opinion, it's it's OK. That just shows that they're not a good match for you. You want to see and you want to work for a job that will support you. It's not always the actual role or activities you're doing in the job. It's who you work with totally. that I think oh, is yeah. more important. So try and find those opportunities, find the people who will support you and want you to succeed. Cause I think that those jobs are going to be the most fulfilling. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Like with the interviews, it's a two way street, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that position that you may be applying for, like you want to also like the, your employer, yes. if you don't like them, there's literally no point because you're going to be miserable mm -hmm. and then you probably won't be okay. Mm -hmm. I was about to make a point really quickly because it's fucking long thing. Um, if you've been working at someone for a while, maybe not that long, and you find the job is actually ruining your mental health, quit. It's okay to quit. It's not the end of the world if you quit because you find the job doing more harm to you, to your mental health. Just quit. Get a new job. There's loads of jobs out there. There's services that get you to get another job. Because sometimes the work or the job you're at, it's actually 
and the employers and the employees are just not great for you for your mental health. Yeah, I think, I think you brought that up, Stuart, earlier, right? Is that like, if it's not the right place for you, it's okay to take a step back. Yeah, I think like at the end of the day, like coming from somebody that's dealt with major depressive disorder, when you're depressed and you're at a job you don't like, it may just cause more harm. And I do agree with what Caitlin said. If it's becoming a detriment, as long as you just go to your employer and say, hey, this isn't for me. Thank you for the opportunity. But I, this isn't what I'm looking for. It's affecting me negatively. It's okay to find a new job. And we got to make sure we're taking care of our wellness and our health before pleasing an employer or things like that. And I think to that as well, um, you like communicating with them that maybe this isn't the place for you but also maybe if you communicate to them what you're experiencing maybe they can make proper accommodations as well because you won't know unless you actually communicate with your with your employer so that's another important point bottom line is communication is really important yes I between you but <laughs> i think like there's been times where because of my lack of communication it didn't work out too well and i think like sometimes it's very hard for us when we're going through these types of symptoms or we're feeling unwell we might feel judged we might feel that we can't trust them for that but sometimes it might build trust it may be hard for us to do but in the end of the day, if we could get past that wall and find a different way around and build that rapport of our employer, or at least, for example, say you've been there two months and it doesn't work out, if you could leave on good terms, maybe you could get a reference reference letter. So we always want to stay focused on the positive rather than the negative and be able to kind of as bad as this sounds, use our illness to an advantage of bettering our life and understanding ourselves better and feeling okay in our own skin and being able to realize that this doesn't define me as a person, but this can still be used to get resources or education. Like there are positives, even if we live with an illness and we're still people at the end of the day. So whoever's listening, don't be scared and just keep doing your thing. Absolutely. That's a fantastic piece of advice. And I think we'll end it there. Mm -hmm. So thank you everyone for all your input. Caitlin, Stuart, and Aaron for joining. Uh, and thanks again to everyone else for joining us. Make sure to check out our Instagram at Yapsagram with two Y's. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>